Hey, everybody. Hi, guys. Well, from Salt Lake City, Utah, it's Thank God I'm Atheist, the podcast. I'm Frank. I'm Dan. Coming up on today's episode, we're going to be talking about this idea of atheists and spirituality. Oh. We kind of came up this week. Are you spiritual? Are you a spiritual person? I don't know that I am. Well, we'll figure that out later. Let's not, not get into the, it now. Yeah, I know. But, like, I don't know. It's a question. What, what, what the hell does that even mean for I, us? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty dead inside, Dan. You are. You've, pretty... got, you've got the dead eyes. That's for sure. <laughs> Every time I look at you, I just see the dead eyes. Oh, that's so sad. Oh. Well, sorry if I sound sick, everybody. Frank's getting over a cold. Oh, my God. They're not fun. No. And if it had hit, like, a day or two earlier or half a week later... I would not have been able to do this podcast. There you go. It was awful. There you go. My God. Down for the count. Well, I'm glad that for the sniffling. I'm glad that you're here. We're uh Thank you. We're all very grateful that you were able to (laughs) I got over it. Yeah. I somehow survived. (laughs) You managed to survive. (laughs) A little little virus little (laughs) virus of some kind. Indeed. (sighs) Well, I am I've got a story of censorship. Oh? Oh, the worst kind of censorship. I hate censorship. I know. It makes me really angry, actually. This comes to us from a listener and friend, Rachel. Mm. Okay. Who posted a a thing. Uh, It's in Malaysia. Okay. Imagine, if you will, a photograph coming out of, uh, coming out of, you know, in, in, in a news outlet. Oh, okay. With big black censorship squares oh, yeah. all over okay, the picture. Yeah. I know the kind. I know the kind. Only now, instead of, it's not masking boobies and it's not masking willies. <laughs> okay. It's masking the faces of pigs. Uh, <laughs> what? You can't, they're not showing the faces of pigs. Why not? Uh, is there a privacy <laughs> concern for pigs in Malaysia? <laughs> no, it's to protect the Muslims from having to see pigs. They're not, they can't even see pigs? <laughs> I guess not. Well, I, d- I don't understand this at all. Well, it's so funny because what? Malaysia, I mean, it's a it's a secular country, ostensibly. I mean, they're, it? it's largely Muslim, but, like, the government's not Muslim. Oh, uh, okay. Sure. Okay. But, uh, yeah, apparently the uh, a printing, um, it was a New York Times, an international New York Times article, but they wow. weren't about to show those pigs. <laughs> Shows wait, a, wait. Or rather, they weren't about to show the snouts. Really, it's basically just snout censors. Censor, it's so it, they're wait not a showing second. the snouts. Who covered the the censorship? The New York Times, or was the New York Times no, censoring? This was a New York Times article that a printing company oh in god. Malaysia decided to just cover up. Oh my god! There's no law banning pig faces. Pig faces in Malaysia. They were just being sensitive to the whole. And the the thing mm. is that these are little piglets, and they're the oh, most adorable cute. things you've ever seen in your life. Like, how anyone could not want to look at that, I, I just will never there understand. Are, you know what? Here's the thing. There are a lot of things in this world that I don't eat that I'm okay with seeing a picture of. Yeah. That I would be okay with... Even if you think... Seeing that's walking a, down the street. That's a very dirty animal. Yeah. I'm still okay with seeing a photo of it. Right. Especially in relation to some sort of news article. But pigs aren't particularly dirty, are they? No, I'm just I'm just saying that like that I think that's the objection in Islam is that they're somehow dirty. They also don't like dogs. They don't like dogs. 
No. God, Muhammad was weird. He was, yeah, he was like this crazy he, OCD guy yeah. that everybody like glommed onto. Well, they'd never, ha- they'd never seen anybody who was OCD before. <laughs> <laughs> At least like, nobody who was well spoken. Wait a second, this guy, he's got some crazy ideas. <laughs> Wait, I have to pee sitting down? I, right. As right. a man? When I was in. When okay, I, this when, sounds awesome. <laughs> When I was in London, I remember getting onto a bus and there being like most bus drivers. I, I read a story about this. Most bus drivers in London, I don't know why, or a lot of bus drivers are Islamic. Oh, really? And uh, and for whatever, like one bus driver was not going to let somebody's seeing eye dog onto their bus. Oh, you're kidding like me. this whole kerfuffle <laughs> about dogs. <laughs> Filthy. But they're so cute. Yeah. They're so sweet. Yeah, with their little well, dog faces. Yeah, apparently this isn't the first uh, instance of people in uh, Malaysia doing something to kowtow to the to the Muslim population. There, there, uh, last year, a TV provider ran a warning in, in front of a documentary about Pope Francis. <laughs> okay. Okay. This includes Christianity because it's about the Pope, I guess. <laughs> And I mean, apparently, discretion be advised. Right. Apparently, they cut the words "Ya Allah" from an Indian film this month. What? What is? What is that? I don't know. Ya Allah or Ye Ya Allah? I don't. <laughs> yeah, Allah. Okay. All right, Allah. Okay. All right. Yeah, I don't know. The in 2005, the children's movie Babe was banned from cinemas. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so wait, are, is the Muslim population asking for this, or is it just like overly sensitive, like people who, well, not overly sensitive, fearful members of society who, uh, who don't want to get in trouble, just or don't even want to go near what the Muslim population might. Uh, All I know how is they might react. Fuck your pig picture, Mister. You don't get to show that here. That's all I know. Wow. Okay. They're so cute, these pigs. <laughs> Can't even believe it. Anyway. All right. Well, I've got a story all the way around the world uh, from there uh, in Rome. Ah. A, a, uh, a street art uh, piece mm. um, by a, uh, a uh, let's see, what was the name of the Italian artist? Romsey? Um, Mauro uh, Palotta. mm um has uh taken credit for a uh his uh his uh super pope oh yeah, okay. yeah yeah so it it actually these he's sort of uh he's put the pope in in sort of the superhero stance right very like comic booky comic book the fist is forward his uh his white cape is sort of flapping in the breeze <laughs> um he's carrying a, a bag um that says valores which is, I'm assuming, Latin for Valor. values. Okay. Right. Okay. Sure. I don't know. I think so. You speak Italian. I don't. I don't. Right. I only well, speak it's, some. It's, it's not. Uh, it's definitely not uh, Italian. Okay. I'll look it up while you're talking. But anyways, um, valore I think is value in Italian, but valores with the s, mm. probably Latin. Um, so, anyways, um, so and he's kind of you know like. Charging forward, he's got a big smile on his face, and it's very Pope Francis. Um, and uh, anyway, so he put it up, and it's the kind of um, 
it's the kind of thing where it's he did it on paper first and mm. then he just used glue oh, yeah, yeah, to yeah. put it to the side of the, the building. Sure. And that's the quick way to get something up. The uh the police department uh responded and uh took it down. Yeah. And is that unusual? Uh to to take down graffiti? Street in art? Rome? <laughs> they don't they don't tend I, to I, I, step in on that. Here's the deal. This is a city that I love. Uh-huh. Okay. I truly truly love Rome. Um, spent uh, a, a good chunk of my youth, right? Yeah, in the city of Rome. Eighteen months, something like that. Um, well, I was I was in Italy for two years, right, for my mission, and then I was in the city of Rome. I was actually in the city for ten months. Okay. Um. So anyway, so I, I know the city pretty well, and I, I definitely have an impression of how clean it is. <laughs> um. And so, anyways, I love the city, but I will say that um, it can be kind of a shithole. Yeah. At times, sure. Right? It's dirty. It's smelly. It's uh, not a lot of effort going into cleaning up. No, there's graffiti. litter. There's litter everywhere. I mean, it tr- like truly, truly, truly. It's. Uh, I mean, it, granted, the last time I was there was about ten years ago, so I really can't say for sure what it's like now. Right? Maybe they've done a crackdown on litter and graffiti. <laughs> I don't know. But they're they're cock and ball graffiti everywhere. Right? Sure. Right? Oh, sure. Yeah, you'll get your cock and balls everywhere. But like everywhere, <laughs> it's not like. Okay, like it's not like oh, I saw it down in the in the in the metro or something like that. Right, it's right, just... like it's everywhere. <laughs> and they've been doing. If you've seen like the intro to like Rome, mm. the the HBO show, no, I right? Haven't. Oh, okay. So the, the you know the title credits, you know, thing at the beginning, um, the it it has like all this graffiti that's sort of coming alive. Right, I recognized half of the graffiti <laughs> in the thing. Right, so they still use a lot of the same imagery. Right, right. Like this, city is cut well apparently you have like if you do one of those if you do a cock and balls it's fine but you right. fuck with the pope but you put the pope up and he's like a superhero yeah that's not even like anti-pope no it's he's totally got a bag full of values it does mean yeah. values by yeah, the way I figured yeah yeah um and uh and it's cute now he did do it in a neighborhood that is near the vatican sure. and so maybe somebody well, thought that it as might you be would. a little disrespectful maybe kind of I mean, but how is that disrespectful? I think it's awesome. It shows, like, (laughs) I mean, like, artists, pop culture, people are responding to this pope. Right. They're they're embracing his superness. Yeah. And his values. And so I... I, In a bag. Yeah. I don't don't get it. (laughs) Well, there you go. So anyways, so that happened in Rome. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, I'll tell you what didn't happen in Rome, but it has to do with the pope. What's that? Uh, The pope... Decided that he was going. I'm sure you saw this. I think everybody saw this, but it's just so delightful that you can't you can't get past it. Um, he. Oh, it was in Rome. It was in Rome. Sorry, it was in St. Peter's Square. Oh yeah. And it, and he and two beautiful little children released doves. Oh, <laughs> I heard about. This. And then <laughs> the doves were pers- were immediately attacked by a <laughs> seagull. Uh-huh. And a crow. Uh-huh. They just swooped in midair yeah. Yeah. and attacked these doves. They're like getting ripped apart in the photos that I saw. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Feathers flying. Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> I'm not one that believes in symbolism. I'm not one that really goes in for that sort of nonsense. But if you're going to release symbolic birds yeah. and then other birds attack those birds. Yeah. 
That's some crazy fucked up shit right there. <laughs> you have you have now changed your symbol. You are your peace doves are now under attack. Yeah. By a seagull? Have you ever heard of a seagull attacking attack. another bird? I guess it depends on how hungry they are. I, I mean, I can't imagine a seagull around St. Peter's Square being hungry. Did they rub the dove in bread first? <laughs> right? <laughs> Somebody, some evil up. person in the Vatican, like, <laughs> made these doves smell amazing. No, they made it smell like trash. Yeah, yeah, Because exactly. that's where the seagulls in Salt saying, Lake are. Have you ever been out to the dump? Oh, yeah. It's nothing but seagulls. You, they're you, you they're guys disgusting not, birds. You, you listeners uh, from outside of Utah may not know this, but the seagull is the state bird here in the United <laughs> in, in Utah. In landlocked Utah. In landlocked Utah. That's right. Because we have tons of them, and they are they're awful birds. They're, they're fine. They're awful birds. They're fine. I hate seagulls. <laughs> they're just they're fine. They're like you, pigeons. You don't own a, a convertible. You don't care. They're urban <laughs> flying rats. They, they're fine. They're but, awful. But apparently they do attack doves. <laughs> apparently they are nature's guard against doves. <laughs> and then this crow. Like, what is their beef? I don't get it. But I do have to say that if I were a believer, that would not bode well to me. Yeah. Well, I mean, a crow, for crying out loud. Yeah. This black bird swooping into the whole thing. At least yeah, the exactly. seagull, like... You couldn't quite tell what was going on because it's another white bird. They're just playing. Right, right. You know? At that point, but a do- but a crow. Yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> if the if the if the whiteness of the dove is meant to sig- signal purity and love and whatever, yeah. all of that is very very is is made is is brought into sharp focus by the blackness of the crow. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, it's that's like, pretty yeah. fucking funny. I, I know. I, just, well, I, I don't just, even know what to say about it. It's except that it happened, and your metaphor got ruined, Mister Pope. Well, and the thing that just kept going through my mind was that I wanted the camera to not be necessarily <laughs> on the birds, but on the children's faces. Right. <laughs> That's what I really wanted. To Somebody see. needed that to was be the shooting that. Photo. Somebody like, needed to be filming. Everybody's interested in these damn birds. No, I want to see these kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why did they kill my fundamental? <laughs> the kids look so sweet in that first photo, where they're like they're smiling and they're re- and you know the Pope seems all oh, oh we're yeah. doing this thing together. It's oh, this really it's cute, so cute thing, and the yeah the Pope's being the Pope's like everybody's grandpa. Yeah, the Pope's like your your fun grandpa who lets you release some doves. Yeah. Hey, you want to do something with religious symbolism? <laughs> and then. You know what? You know what we need? We need the What's other that? photo, which is of Pope Benedict releasing the seagull and the crow. Mm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> From his... He's like, <laughs> fuck your little birds. Ah, I release thee. Go, my minions. Destroy the doves. Ah. It got a little more emperor toward the end, but that should have all been emperor. It should have all been emperor. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Release the dogs. Your friends have no chance now, Mr. Francis. (laughs) I have an armed and fully operational dove station. (laughs) Oh, Oh, that's fun. That's fun. There you go. 
Well, I have another Catholic story. Ooh. I didn't realize that this was going to be so Catholic. Well, that's okay. That's fine. It's what's going on in the world. It's the universal church. That's what that word means. Mm-hmm. Um, so this, I, I think the headline, I was not able to confirm whether or not this headline is actually accurate. Mm. Um, because it doesn't, once you read kind of the facts in the story, it doesn't necessarily <laughs> ring true. Is it like a clickbait type headline? Um, no, not, not too bad, actually. Okay. Um, I found this on the Daily Beast, mm. um, and it's in their travel section, actually. Oh. Um, it says, the largest church in the world has the fewest worshipers. Now, actually, after reading, after, while reading that, I was thinking about the fact that it's in the travel section, and the fact, because this is in the Ivory Coast. Oh, okay. You're not supposed to go to the Ivory Coast. No, no, no. The Ivory Coast, I saw a map recently of places you don't go in Africa, Yeah, and that was like the reddest of one of the red zones. Oh, dear. Well, it was in the middle of one of the red zones, but anyways. Uh, Anyways, uh, former Ivory Coast dictator, uh, uh, I'm not even going to try to get this right, Uh, Felix Hofoyet Boigny. Uh-huh. Okay. Are you familiar with Hofoyet Boigny? Oh, yeah. Okay. I think it's pronounced Boingay. I don't no, think so. I don't, I, I don't I don't see no the idea. letters that ro- going that way. Nope. Um anyways, he built this crazy huge church that was modeled after St. Peter's in mm. uh in in Rome that we were just talking about. Um and uh and I mean you look at pictures of it and you're like, "Holy crap. Yeah, like that thing is insane. Like it has uh, sort of a recreation of St. Peter's Square." Yeah. Um with the colonnade thing. The dome totally looks like St. Peter's. Uh-huh. Um, now, I will say, it doesn't look like it's as enclosed as St. Peter's is. Mm. But it does seat... I mean, and the thing is, like, you look at it and you're like, I don't... Because there's nothing nearby this thing. He built it out in the middle of nowhere. Oh. And so that's why it has sort of the fewest worshippers. Because nobody's around. Nobody goes. Like, 350 go people show up <laughs> to go to church in this thing that seats... Ostensibly, it seats um, eighteen thousand people. <laughs> that let me tell you something. As someone who's performing a play, who's currently in a production of a play uh-huh. in a in a theater that can seat, oh yeah, well over a thousand people. Yeah, yeah, it's a big theater, but doesn't necessarily market very well. So usually we get you know a good turnout, uh-huh. but it still feels sparse. Yeah. Oh. That... Do they warn you before the first show that that's Oh, uh, yeah. I don't know. Do, do just... they have a chat about that? Because, I mean, I've never been to a show at the Grand that was full. No. No. They don't, they don't sell it out. You no. can't sell it out. And, and, and they just, you know, they, and, let, and if they're not going to market the damn thing, then, yeah, you're not going to sell it out. How do they stay in business? Is it, it's a nonprofit? <sighs> I'm, not, I'm not even going to. I don't know anything or... about their business. Oh, okay. I, I show up. I do my acting. And I go okay. home. Okay, okay. But anyway, Fine. but the Fine. point is. That's that. That's a like you know five hundred. That's like a half full house, uh-huh. and it feels sparse. <laughs> so five hundred to a thousand to one ratio. Three hundred to eighteen thousand. Yeah, that's gonna feel like nobody's there. Yeah. Well, and the, I mean, I bet they have a lot of. Um. Um. Can people in the back <laughs> please come to the front? <laughs> So I don't have to yell so much. Can you right. come to the front? Oh, and you know there's somebody. There's going to be somebody that shows up and wants to sit, like, up in the balcony all the way at the back. <laughs> Some antisocial <laughs> Just, Catholic. Please leave me alone. 
Well, is it a Catholic? Is it is Catholic. Oh my god! Um, and uh, it was built. Um, so okay, so in 1985, um, uh, hopefully at Boigny. Um, god. I butchering that you know i looked it up and it looks like it's pronounced ufwet buany buany ufyet buany ufwet buany 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 ufyet buany okay that's how i'll say it from now ufyet buany buany um he uh he moved the the capital after he came to uh rule the country uh-huh. he he uh he, he moved the capital to the town where he grew up, which is Yamosukro. Uh-huh. And, uh, and so the name of the church is Basilique Notre-Dame de la Paix de Yamosukro, <laughs> or the Basilica of Our Lady of Peace of Yamosukro. Mm-hmm. Um, and he paid for it, well, sounds like he paid for it all himself. Okay. Because he amassed billions of dollars. Oh, was he like the, a... A he was a naughty dictator. Of diamond some kind. tycoon of some I have sort. No clue how he did it. But anyways, so they started work back in the eighties, and it's oh he 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 made the whole like he wanted he was at the sort of at the end of his life, and he knew it, and so mm. he paid. He just threw money at the project, and in three years, basically built Saint Peter's mm. in the Ivory Coast, <laughs> out in the middle of nowhere, right. And so there were like 1,500 workers just going nuts, building the damn thing. Oh, my God. And he really wanted the Pope to show up to um, to dedicate the thing in 1990. Uh, yes. Of course and he did. And the Pope said no. This was, this was Pope John Paul? John Paul II, yes. Right. And, uh, but finally, somehow, he was able to convince him um, because the Pope, but the Pope required that the government build a neighboring hospital for the poor. Oh. I was like, okay, if, if this is so important to you, I'm going to get something out of this for the poor. Yeah. So that's, a, that's nice. The that's Pope great. has some, some power. So he shows up, and there's a 50-room mansion built just for the Pope <laughs> and his entourage <laughs> that has a swimming pool and whatever else. And you look at, like, and apparently it's adjacent to this damn building. And, like, you look and you go, oh, yeah, there is a building next to it. Like, that's the thing about St. Peter's in Rome. It's just one big old building amongst a bunch of old buildings. And you don't really, like, scale starts to kind of disappear in a way. This thing, you look at it and you go, oh, yeah, I see a big building. And then you go, wait a second. That that three-story building right there is huge. You're like, that tiny little thing is a mansion for the Pope? Yeah. that's Wait, I want to see it. Yeah, yeah. Look at that thing. I'm assuming that's the building right there. But anyways, I mean, you look around. Those are trees. Those are people. And I just, no, those are cars. I love it. I love I, what I love about that picture. And you guys can probably Mackenzie will throw that up onto yeah, the we'll onto the up. Facebook and whatever. But what I love about that picture is that you will never get a photo of St. Peter's without like a shit ton of people all around it, like a mm. big crowd of people. Yeah, in this, the square. This thing is empty. Yeah, no, no, nobody's there. It's, nobody gives a shit about this thing. Yeah, yeah. I love that sort yeah. of thing. It's amazing. Oh, so, anyways, um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know how he could expect um, the uh, uh, native Ivorians <laughs> to show up in large numbers to this. Apparently, Catholicism isn't that very big of a of a religion there. It's only like ten percent of the population. So right. he builds this massive structure in a tiny town, 
expect and and expecting people to show up and of course like why would they yeah and uh yeah so yeah well there you go there you go i love stories like that yeah that's just there's just always something fun about like i know i'll build this most amazing edifice and then and never a thought to because the best thing about a dictator is that they can do stuff and nobody dares to say this isn't gonna work right yeah nobody dares to sort of say that so so they just build it and then you know there you go. But they can get shit done, those dictators. Oh, they can. Sometimes I, I'm kind of like, God damn it. You know, well, I often feel that the truly the best uh, governmental setup you could have would be a brilliant, benevolent dictator. Yeah. Because then it's just all the shit gets done. Right. Nobody's allowed to question it. Right. You don't have to deal with politicians. Right. The problem is getting a brilliant, benevolent one. Right. As opposed to a dipshit asshole right which is you, which this. is generally what you get you right. get the dipshit assholes right, right, right. so your your you your marcus aureliuses don't come along very often <laughs> and i don't even know how like he was who knows he was kind of a dictator wasn't wasn't marcus aurelius anyways i'm not i'm not even at, i i said something that was probably wrong people. <laughs> yeah don't write no, to no us. need to write we, no, we, all you we get this all the time roman scholars <laughs> just it's okay keep it to yourself <laughs> Unless I'm right, don't tell me. I'm not. I'm just dumb. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to go back in time. 4,000 years. Oh, my God. Really? Yeah. That's yeah. a ways back. It's a, it's a chunk. Okay. It's a chunk back. Okay. As a matter of fact, one might say it's almost antediluvian, which would mean... Before the flood. Before the flood. Yeah. Okay. Well... That's a... That's a- that's a $10 word. It's not antediluvian because what we're talking about is a new tablet that has recently been finally sort of uh, translated oh. in cuneiform, oh, which, is, yeah. which is an ancient language. Mm-hmm. Uh, 4,000 years old, this tablet, and it's an account of a flood. And really? a guy who is commanded by several gods, not a god, not the god. What? But gods. Okay. To create a boat and to bring on all of the animals. Wow. So they they ripped off the story of Noah. <laughs> well, you could say that, except that the story of Noah was written at most like 900 BC. So you see, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I, how did how did they do that then? You would think that it's a miracle. <laughs> it's a miracle, but no. The I mean, so what this is. This is actually from Mesopotamia, which is modern-day Iraq, mm. uh, that area. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. And, uh, and the, the dealio... The Fertile Crescent. <laughs> the Fertile Crescent. Wasn't, wasn't that the Fertile Crescent? I, sure. I think so. Okay. I remember that from like the third or fourth grade. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, we'll just go with that then. <laughs> I prefer to think of it as the Fertile Cross, but you know, mm. if you want to be all muslim about it. It's more the shape of the geography <laughs> rather, <laughs> rather than the religion like that came... I'd like to think of it as the, years later. the fertile sickle and hammer. <laughs> it was pretty fertile. Anyway, um, so so what this is is just another uh, – we've known for a bit that flood stories have pervaded ancient, uh, a- ancient mythologies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, they didn't and... like water very much in the desert. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, ah, water. <laughs> Wait, water. <laughs> I'm afraid. <laughs> Why? Apparently. It's like what you want when you're in the desert. Yeah, but if there's so much of it. Yeah. I mean, I'm guessing well, floods. Flash, fu- fl- flash flood. Fl- Go ahead. Flash floods. You did it. Yay. <laughs> Those are dangerous. They are. They are. 
they so so imagine a big one. Yeah, exactly. Sent by gods, yeah. a god or gods. Yeah. Yeah, and the sole survivor is the guy that brings all. Now, there's some interesting differences. Mm-hmm. Uh, our our Noah that we know so well from the book from oh, yeah, yeah. from Il Biblo, <laughs> uh, the Bible. It is uh, it he he built a, a a boat and the the dimensions are described and it's you know huh? it's about six times longer than it is wide and you know it's it's mm. a boat it's a boat shape what we think of as a boat shape oh no as an arc shape yeah. This one is more of a. I get the sense it's a disc. It's a round boat. Could that not? Could that? That could work, right? Sure. I don't know. I, apparently, some scholars are going to try it, see if it can work, <laughs> to see if it's true or not. Right. But this Wait, one. Did they actually do this? Could it actually work? <laughs> like, is that what they're trying to figure they're out? They're trying. I, I think that's Bullshit. how they. Shit. I mean, come on, people in the desert. Describing something that they think will float and hold a bunch of... Well, no, apparently this is based... We do know that the Mesopotamians did have these sort of round lens-shaped boats. Oh, they did? For floating in the water, in in rivers. Mesopotamia refers to middle of the river. Oh. Meso meaning middle. Uh Uh-huh. P-O-T. Potamia. Meaning uh, river. It's the same as hippopotamus, which means river horse. Oh, Wow. It's Look just, at you. There, there you go. And, and, and again, of, somebody who had never seen the thing. Right, right, right. right. So, so, so they used to float around in these little disc-shaped, lens-shaped, uh-huh. round boats. Right. This one, by the way, made of rope, mm. woven rope, and coated uh, in pitch to keep it waterproof. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Although, to get all of those aminals on there, you have to have a pretty big lens. That's yeah. a pretty big round boat to yeah. have. Yeah. Anyway. My, my, yeah. That's a big, yeah. So they just upscaled it. They just took They just took it, took, a, you know, a little river boat. Sure. And scaled it up. It would be what the Native, I mean, Native Americans would have come up with a giant canoe. Had yes. they had a, 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 exactly. a, a flood myth. That would be a very big canoe. A big canoe. Yeah. Where are they even going to find the tree yeah. to hollow out for that? <laughs> They're going to have to combine trees or a series of canoes. I mean, the fact of the matter is, like, <laughs> like a modern, like, aircraft carrier wouldn't do the job. Yeah. So I don't know, like, I don't know. Yeah. I it's mean, just, it's, it's one of the most absurd things. It is. It is. And, you know, I've forgotten clearly this. clearly a fable. Clearly, like, a t- total myth. Yeah. Well, like, obviously. Like, un- but, but, like, undeniably, right? <laughs> like, I don't care if you believe the Bible is true. There has to be, like, parts of it that you go... This is just ancient people not understanding, right? Right, like yeah. what it took. I mean, I'll take, I'll try to take whatever I can from this story. It's a story of faith and you know following God's commands and whatnot. Sure. Like you could totally turn it into something like that. Well, and when you think about Middle Eastern countries, mm-hmm. you think, you know what? It might have seemed reasonable to get all of the animals. From a Middle Eastern country on board a boat, right? Because how many animals did they have? You know, you got your jackals, you got you got lizards, a couple of camels flying yeah. around, whatever. You right. don't have like all the animals, right? They and weren't now, thinking about elephants and giraffes, and, right? And right. Sh- yeah, all of the things they were not thinking about <laughs> orangutans and, and kangaroo tigers and yeah, like but, but no. in modern depictions of this of this event. 
all of them. It's all of them. All of them. And it's like, how it's did just Noah get to all of the continents? Ludicrous. How did Noah get? He he went to well, the U.S. Took, he, you know the U. It was the, a lot of the, work. The Americas. He was yeah. That's true. And you know he had the Lord on his well, side. And and I mean most likely, um, it was uh, Pangaea. Right. Bef- the, it was one massive four thousand years ago, forty five hundred years no, ago. No, 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 that's what it was before the flood. And then while the wa- Earth was covered in water, oh, everything the floated around. Plates were like moving out to where they needed, where they now are. Yeah, he couldn't have seen that, of course, because no, he was... they had no clue what was going on but, underneath okay, the ocean. Okay, okay, we're making this work. We're I'd making this work. Actually, heard that floated as a theory. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, the, it's like, how did he find all the animals? They were on different continents. Well, no, it was one continent. It was one flood. continent, and all of the animals were within a 20-mile radius. I mean... Of one guy. The, the, the issue here is God is magical. <laughs> That's right? true. God but, of the Old Testament is magical, you, and he does, like, crazy shit. When you come right down to it, that is the issue. God damn it. Yeah. Right. So, anyway, uh, but now, now I just have this pleasant image of Noah on board... The most massive round boat ever. <laughs> Is what's his name? Do they have a name for the guy? Uh, I don't know. Because I doubt it's no. It was. It wasn't. It wasn't listed. It was just like a guy. Okay. In the in the in the article that I read. Okay. Interesting. A, sin, okay. a single survivor. Huh. Yeah. I, oh, he was the only survivor. He didn't take his family. I, it doesn't mention anything about his family, but I, one would think that they would have had to come up with something to make make it clear that the human race continues. Oh, and was <laughs> was there was there a um, was there a rainbow at the end? Uh, there's no mention of it in the story that I've uh, that 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 I read. We'll see. Here's the deal. That's why Noah's was the last one because he was gay. No. <laughs> Because that was God's, God's oh, oh, right. symbol that so this, he would never flood the earth This is a totally again. other flood. This is a different flood. You're, you're saying that there have been many, there have been many different floods. floods. And, and God throughout the ages has been like, all right, I'm going to kill everybody again. Yeah. Somebody gather up all the animals because I don't want to kill them. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it, well, I'll tell you what it's like. And oh, my God. It's something that we said awesome we weren't going to really talk about. But um, it's Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> we... We are going to talk about that in just a minute. Yeah. So we'll we'll, we'll <laughs> you'll you'll explain that comment. I hope uh, at that point. Okay. Anyway, this apparently this cuneiform thing even has the phrase two by two in it. Really? Yeah. So there. Uh, well, I mean, you need two. You do need two to to you know to get it on in order to have more. It takes two to tango, baby. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> okay. What do you got? Um well, my last one is uh actually um I while I was sick this week, mm. I took the opportunity to watch a lot of television. <laughs> Holy crap, I haven't watched that much TV in a long time. Yeah. Um but one of the things that popped up on Netflix was a uh, a film that they're carrying that was just at Sundance. Mm called mitt yes and i was just sort of hopped up on enough like cough syrup <laughs> and whatnot that i was like oh, that's a good idea let's watch mitt i want to spend an hour and a half oh. with the romneys sure this is this is about oh. about former presidential candidate mittens j romney yes um who of course famously did not he, he's not our president. He's not our president. That's correct. <laughs> he did not win. That is correct. Uh, so anyway, so it's um, it it's the tale. It, it's it's and actually, it's a remarkable 
behind the scenes. Uh, okay, let me back up. It's remarkable how much access they gave this camera dude. Okay. Um, now, this is a Mormon filmmaker. Yes. And he, he's the one that made... What was the other film that he made that got I a little bit of attention? I don't know. I don't know. You, you look that up. Okay, I, I, I didn't really pay that much attention to who the filmmaker was. Yeah. Um, but what's important here is that he was clearly somebody who the Romneys trusted mm-hmm. to come in and not to film the behind the scenes of the campaign. Right. But behind the scenes of the family right. on the campaign trail. This Which is, is totally different. Like, I thought I was getting into, like, a kind of, uh, you know, that, like, but that there's a couple famous. There was one uh, of Clinton's right, campaign right, right. that's, you know, fantastic behind the scenes look at, like, the actual politicking mm. of the campaign. And I think there's a famous one of, like, JFK, mm. you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, behind the scenes. And, and But this is very, very different. This is not about politics, per se. This is about um the romneys oh and uh and i have to say that um there there's if you watch the if if you actually decide to watch the the thing which i i wouldn't discourage anybody from seeing it it's i I, with the caveat of it's not it's not very good it's just a puff piece it's just a nice little puff piece about the romneys um but but here's the deal it's (laughs) sort of shocking at the beginning uh, just sort of how normal they come across mm. and normal for mormons right like they don't come across as like your next door neighbors they come <laughs> across as the weirdo mormons across the street who are normal for mormons who are normal yeah. for mormons they're good at mormoning they're very very good at being mormons and th- <laughs> that actually like i was kind of taken aback as to like just how effing mormon these people are yeah like it, th- this was not like, oh, they you know inherited Mormonism and well, it's our cross to bear. No, they are Mormon. They are on board with the Holy Mormon train. Crap. Yeah. Well, I have a friend who li- who when she lived, she lives in, she used to live in Boston, mm-hmm. and he was her stake president. Oh Jesus. And uh, and, and she I- she loved him. Yeah, if you're Mormon, you're gonna like this guy actually. Right. right. Well, like, no, not necessarily. Remember the stories of the the girls that like. He went. Oh, there were stories about girls that in his in under his mm-hmm. uh, his his theological tutelage, oh. who he went to and like tried to talk out of having abortions when they were, oh. and like like was really a bully about it. Really? Yeah. Okay. But well, other than that, yeah, yeah. Nonetheless. Um, so, anyways, it it was just an interesting again hour and a half of um, just the Romneys being being mormon and and like and what was what was crazy to me is and i'm sure it wasn't always always this way on the campaign trail but just i mean they had the whole family in tow <laughs> the whole family and all the kids with their all the boys with their wives and these guys and are, grandkids these guys mormons and they'd have like this big suite. have a lot of kids yeah They'd have like a big suite at whatever hotel they were in, and they'd all just like hang out in it. Sure. And then so it's like, so like after after Dad is done with like you know his advisors, he would come in and he would decompress with the fam, mm-hmm. and that's what was going on. And and uh, and there are just some really weird moments of like the strange conversations they were having, and and like the whole thing is trying to paint the Romneys as like not out of touch with the american people right, right? like they they sort the 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 issue of like the um, the 
car elevator down in, in San Diego or Lower, right, or wherever right. the house is down, down in Southern California. Uh, that sort of gets addressed as like, well, yeah, but what about mom's MS? Yeah, that's you know, right. And like, has MS or something. Right. And so it's like. And so, and so like, and the whole dressage nonsense with the horses right. like, was so famously made fun of as well because of how elitist of an activity it is. And how, right. like they had like two horses in the Olympics, right? Or something yeah, yeah, like yeah. that. And so like that they owned. And, um, and, and so that whole thing, just how effing like elitist they, they really Snooty. are and how out of touch their lives are and they're like they're trying to reframe it in this whole like well Anne has ms and the, so the horses are good for her <laughs> well yeah and well if that's the case then yeah have a couple horses and have her ride around but like well and how out of like who who with ms in this country gets to have a bunch of dressage horses because it relaxes and a, them and a car elevator and a car elevator right. because it helps her out because she can't get around and this is i'm not being unsympathetic to the ms thing no horrible yeah right? that's a horrible thing i wouldn't wish it on anybody no but they're trying to like spin it as like well yeah but wouldn't you do this too well what they're doing is they're taking yeah they're they're taking the ammunition that the opposition has used against them and frankly it's bullshit ammunition like who the, if you have millions of dollars y- you get horses that's right. just something that you get to do right but they're trying to spin it like like oh we're the victims here right we're the vi- and how and why would you why would you get on us about that right. and i and i agree don't get on them about it get on them about like his bullshit stances and his yeah. blah 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 but he is out of touch oh yeah, yeah, yeah. he does you, you can't have probably hundreds of millions of dollars if not i mean at least tens of millions it's a lot of money whatever it is it's if it's not a hundred right it's close to it it's, it's not like he it's, has 10 million dollars in the bank no no it's plenty of money he's got a lot of money he's he's never known he doesn't know what it feels like to no. raise kids on a budget. No. Well, and he does kind of acknowledge that at one point in the film. He talks about how his dad was the real deal. Yeah. Um, because, you know, he came out of Mexico. Came out of Mexico and ends up running GM. Yeah. You know, and running and being a governor. Yeah. And running for president. Yeah. Like, he he, he did the whole thing. And Mitt does acknowledge the fact that he starts where his dad, his life started where his dad sort of left off. Right. He had the benefit of everything his dad built up. Exactly. And add on to that Harvard education and so forth and so on right. and tons of money to begin with. All of the accoutrements that come with being wealthy. Yeah. By the yeah. way, the guy that made the guy that made Mitt, uh, I remember his name is Greg Whiteley. And he the other documentary that he made, which uh-huh. is, I loved this documentary, uh, New York Doll. Did you see New York Doll? Oh, yeah, I did. About the, a great documentary. About the punk rock band, the New York Dolls, yeah. and how Arthur Killer Kane, uh, who yeah. was a member of that, joined the Mormon church afterwards. And yeah. So. It was so, a, that was actually, that was a really good one, actually. Yeah. But um, this guy definitely focuses, he's very much, he likes his Mormons. Yeah. This well, and it's, guy. it's clear also that, like okay, so the film paints Romney as running for president for all the right reasons, <laughs> right? Like he, his love for this country and his mm. deep, deep belief that it's on the wrong track, mm. and blah, 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 right? right. Like, like couldn't, couldn't be anything to do with like being, his deep belief that he needs that, like his companies need more need, <laughs> need to be protected and right, and so so it paints this picture. I don't know whether Greg Whiteley is part of the charm offensive or not. Mm. That uh, that Mitt Romney may or may not be 
engaging in. But I j- did just see him on Jimmy Fallon. Mitt. Mitt. Yeah. Was on was on uh, the, the late late show. The late show, yeah. The, or tonight the I think it's just the late show. The late show. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Late night. Late night. He was on late night. Yeah. Um and uh being, you know, the 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 charming you know former candidate for president trying to just be a human being right you know ostensibly promoting the documentary right right but but really do you really like if you're sort of done with public life (laughs) do you really go do that right do you promote a documentary that's about you but you don't really get any money out of it or anything right yeah no No. the the dude's running dude's running yeah prepare yourselves for another mitt yeah mitt attack it's it's going to be amazing if he runs well uh, what's going to be amazing is if he actually succeeds in rebranding himself as a human being oh my god yeah the dems you know. need to watch out for that they're they're doing a good job of taking down christy now they've got to focus back on this guy i guess yeah. yep anywho there you go yeah. uh if you have anything to talk to us about we can be reached you can write to us at podcast at thank god i'm or you could leave us a voicemail at 424-666-8442. We like to hear those. We also like uh, when people engage with us on the Facebooks. That's facebook.com slash Atheist. Yes, and so we're going to take a quick break. Um, we're going to listen to Glenn Beck <laughs> um, warning um, us about uh, the future. Impending doom. Uh, and, 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 and robots. <laughs> don't, don't say anymore. <laughs> Beck will explain it all. The heritage of Christianity in the military is under attack. They took Christian ethics out, one of the first things this president did. It's becoming increasingly more difficult now for soldiers to pray in public and share their faith with others. Bibles are being banned from Walter Reed Medical Center. How is... Excuse me, what? And some soldiers are being taught that they shouldn't join Christian groups like the AFA, American Families Association, because they're a hate group. I want to make it very clear. I'm not suggesting that you have to be a Christian to be in the military, but um, what you do have to have is a moral set of standards. And for most people, those moral lines come from God. God gives us moral lines, natural rights, and natural laws that everyone can agree on. When you erase God or nature's God and nature's law and you take them out of the picture, you erase our moral standards. And a society with no moral compass will not last. Now, I want you to combine what you know about the dissolving of our ethical and moral structures with this new piece of information that came out this weekend. Google has increasingly positioned itself as a key contractor for the U.S. military. So now Google, do no evil, is now part of the industrial complex, working closely with the NSA now for at least six years that we know of, And now they are expanding their ties to the U.S. defense as they have purchased at least eight robotics company that we know of with the sole purpose of supplying the U.S. military with these things. Okay. That doesn't... Robots that are humanoid. Humanoid robots. That's good. Did 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 anybody see the... Did you guys see the Star Wars where Emperor Palpatine was like, yes... Just as I have foreseen. Oh, there they are. Look, the humanoid robots. A giant technology company ingratiating itself and ingraining itself into the U.S. military. 
Maybe it's just me, but I don't think that probably ends very well. Have we seen the movies? You remember Terminator? <laughs> you know what? I, if Let we me tell had you. an all-robot military, <laughs> I'd be fine with that. Well, uh, I, then they, we got no skin in the game, and then, and then we just go to war. The Hawks would just not even think twice about going to war. At least now we can say, hey, you're putting people at risk. Yeah, but we, we'd be safe. We, okay. We'd be safe. That's a good, valid point. Yeah. I, I just have to hand it to Glenn Beck, because to draw the line from... <laughs> They're banning all the mil- all the God from the military, which of course isn't true at all. To draw that line all from there all the way to clones are going to be killing us all. <laughs> That's that guy can draw some lines. He's good at it. That guy knows he... how to connect the dots yeah. in a way that doesn't make any sense at yeah. all. No, he's 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 on top of it. That one. Oh my goodness! That's what he does? That is, yeah. he's made a whole career on ridiculous connections <laughs> and people sit sit at home and just are like what do they think oh oh yeah terrifying yeah terrifying. holy crap get oh okay we were just talking about building a bunker <laughs> right now it's, it's time now we've got to make time. sure that it's fortified against robots, robots. Yeah. <laughs> we got to make sure that because obama's going to send the robots after us can, can, can we like how can, how, we, how can we defeat the robots how can we protect ourselves against the robots i'm going to need more guns i read robopocalypse <laughs> which supposedly is going to be made into a uh, blockbuster feature film. Oh, good. Uh, I hope my, Michael Bay gets his hands no, on it. No, I heard Spielberg was attached to it. But anyway, <laughs> anyways, <laughs> Robopocalypse, I read it. It was terrifying. <laughs> it was truly terrifying. Yeah, I mean, if the robots take over, we're in trouble. This was one computer that yeah. took over the world. Yeah, well, it was terrifying. iRobot had the same basic concept. But it wasn't one computer, was it? I think so. I think in the end it ended. I don't. I only oh. saw the movie. I didn't actually read the thing. Oh, I don't. I didn't see the movie. Okay, but Robopocalypse was a little more terrifying because the the computer sequesters itself into this like bunker. I mean, it's amazing how the thing pulls it all off, right? Yeah. Like how it's described in the book. It sequesters itself like up in Alaska somewhere <laughs> with its own like unique power source out in the middle of nowhere, commanding all the world's like. Robots. I mean, it's set in the near future, so there's right. actually like there are robot like soldiers and whatnot, and so it's like command. But then it also like takes over like a manufacturing plant mm-hmm. and creates these horrifying little cluster um, robots that like just attack from all oh. sides and then blow up. Oh, okay, so but, it like but... blows you up in horrible ways. And there's this one scene <laughs> where like this rope. Oh, it's awful. It's just awful it's, what happens. It's in okay. Book. It's it's fiction, Frank. I know, it's but fiction. it's like it was so real to me. <laughs> well, good. That's the mark of a good writer. Oh, it was good terrifying. Anyway, uh, let's let's get to our to our fine listeners and their their corresponding oh, yeah, with us. Do they, what do they have to say? I'm gonna I'm gonna try something new. We had we had a lot of correspondence, okay. and and I'm not gonna do this every time by any stretch of the imagination. But we're gonna just plow through these. Okay, let's plow we're, through. We're going speed style okay. here. Right, I'm gonna pull only the salient things out, and we're gonna give them the quick answers. Here we go. Number one is from Reagan. Uh, Reagan says, do, uh, "Was interested in the Mormon concept of the afterlife. Do they believe? Do they really believe they get their own planet when they die?" Yes. Yes, yes they do. Yes, they yes. do. Yes, they do. multiple planets. Yeah, anyway. as many as they can muster. Actually. Sure, make as many as you want. They have all eternity to just <laughs> have keep plenty of planets. Time. 
this one's from John. He says, uh, he says, hey, Frank and Dan, big sci-fi fan, found, uh, but found out only in the last 10 years or so that Battlestar Galactica is heavily infused with Mormon elements and ideas. Mm. Did we know that? And, and, and are we yeah, fans? And stuff? I, I knew that. I did know that. Uh, if you want to look for some interesting stuff, you look for their, their home planet is Cobol. Cobol, which sounds a lot like. Kolob, which is yeah, which is just a spoon or or, or an anagram oh, no, of Kolob. Not, not their home planet, the or, gods of Kobol or lords of Kobol. Oh, they're, they're headed toward Kobol. No, they're headed toward Earth. Oh, that's right. I, who knows? But they uh, they pray to like the lords of Kobol. There's the Quorum of the Twelve, right? Which is which uh, is a governing body in the LDS Church, right? Uh, also, a but also there's the Twelve Tribes, well, which I think there's yeah. a reference to that. Yeah, and, yeah, and and, uh, and uh, they. Yeah, there you go. The and creator Caprica. was the... Caprica is really important in Mormon theology. <laughs> also, Mormons do believe in Cylons. Moving on, <laughs> uh, Lake wrote in and said uh, he was talking about. Uh, we talked about liquor in Utah, and he oh, said yeah. he said he came to Salt Lake City back in the eighties, and Ooh. here's what he remembered. Um, there was a requirement, so we talked about how all bars were actually were were technically called private clubs. That's true, and you had to have a membership. Mm-hmm. And we forgot an element of that because it's been long enough that that, that we forgot this part. What you could be sponsored to oh, yeah. come to by a member. There would be somebody like sitting by the door. So here's what he yeah. said. He said there seemed to be a requirement uh, for an existing member to sponsor you for a club membership. The mm-hmm. upshot of which was that every bar that we went to had an old drunk who sat by the door who, as soon as you walked <laughs> in, would say, hey, buddy, I'll sponsor you for a beer. You'd agree, and uh, he'd get his beer, and you'd get in. Yeah. Which is great. Yep. Yeah. That did used to happen. I remember that now. Yep. Yep. Uh, Virginia wrote in and said... Uh, and, and took us to task because we said that the Pilgrims founded America. And she said, no, the first permanent English settlement in North America was Jamestown, Virginia, founded in 1607. And the Plymouth guys didn't come along until 1620. Well, you're real smart, Virginia. Thanks. <laughs> really? <laughs> I'm not kidding. Virginia decides to write in and, and, and correct add us to up. the conversation. She was a little snarky at the beginning of her thing. That's oh, okay. what I'm responding okay. to. She All said right. tisk tisk to us. So, oh, yeah, you're a smarty pants. You, you're correct. <laughs> you're correct. All right, thank Jesus. you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, moving on. Uh, Erica, our friend Erica, wrote in mm. to take us to task because we lumped the libertarians in with the, the Tea Party people. Wow, how could we have made that mistake? <laughs> moving on but she said no she just wanted to make sure that we understood that libertarians are can be very pro-gay they're, oh yeah they, no they can yeah they're very well, yeah. they can be they can be and she says they are but i say they can be they can be because they're socially liberal they can be but they're not always they're not always and no and yeah because they're the utah libertarians that i am aware of are not necessarily but the, but the libertarian but some of them are anyway but nonetheless there you go on. thanks erica we're supposed to be speeding through yeah we're powering through uh so we had a bunch of people write in when we when so in reference to an email that we got from a guy in idaho yes who uh who uh-huh. was worried because he was getting a divorce he was worried about how his kids were being raised by yep. their very christiany mom and her uh new boyfriend i'm just gonna pull out some uh some stuff because apparently they're beating the, the the mom or they're 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 paddling the kids. The, the boyfriend, is, fiance, right, right. is using a paddle. Yes. So uh, which I objected to, but we didn't like stress it enough. Enough. Right, right. Well, and so so one person decided that that, that you probably need to uh, call nobody. By the way, none of the people that I'm about to quote said anything about I am an expert on this. So please take this all with a grain of salt. Sure. But here's some thoughts. 
We're just going to throw it at you. See what you think. Uh, this person said call Child Protective Services right away mm-hmm. um, just because uh, there's there's no re- legal or moral right to beat the kids. Right. Um, also, this per- James mentioned uh, tell the lawyers that uh, technically the ex is committing adultery. Um, oh, yeah. So that might be might fodder for you. Who knows? Divorce a little. Um, so uh, another person, this is Mike from canada so i mean what do you know about our laws mike but anyway mike <laughs> su- suggests that he needs and this is actually probably good advice he needs to be very careful divorced atheists have lost the ability to even have contact with their children uh, uh, if they get the wrong judge uh, uh, yeah, i don't okay. know how true that is he he listed I, a couple of uh, a couple of uh links I, to that anyway the point is that a, a, the wrong judge could frown heavily on your atheism sure yeah um it, he he even rec- goes as far as to recommend finding a lawyer who is also atheist so that you can so mm. that they're up on the thing right. not a bad idea uh you already have a lawyer but whatever um and he s- says don't take the kids to a mosque or a temple uh it's too inflammatory and and could endanger your your visitation rights um possible i don't know i, I don't know talk yeah. to your lawyer um, and then uh, Amber suggests um, she, Amber wrote in just to give some reassurance uh, to him, saying, I, "I was raised in the Church of Christ in the South. Um, my dad does, uh, did not and does not go to church, but he did not stop my mom from taking me. He never d- discussed religion with me at all. My mom is a hardcore fundamentalist, as was as I was too. Church was my life." I am now 32 and an atheist. I give some of the credit to my dad's example. I spent uh, hmm. I spent many nights crying myself to sleep because I thought my dad was going to burn in hell for all eternity. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, you know, eventually she had to reconcile the, those two positions: the thought right. of her dad uh, burning, mm-hmm. and the, the guy thought that, and the thought that a he's a good guy. A, that he's a good guy. Yeah. And eventually, it led her. And what God sets that world up exactly those set of laws those exactly rules. yeah it doesn't make it doesn't sense. always work that way but that's one thing that could happen yeah that, that but that's playing the long game that's the long game yeah that's you're not you're letting it play now i don't think that you have to be quiet i don't think you don't that you have to not discuss it but right. just understand that that, that well and yeah. I, I think the way that we left it off and i still like the way that we left it off was um raise smart bright generous good kids yeah and if they happen to believe in god but they're still those good awesome people then you're fine then you're probably going to be fine you're fine you're going to have raised really good smart kids yeah that uh, that understand that have been really taught good values and that's the most important thing good values separate from a religious structure right that's what you really need to stress indeed so anyways anyways um and then finally craig wrote in and there's more people but this is as far as we're going to get craig wrote in uh, and I just wanted to bring Craig up because he wrote about the meetup on February twelfth. Oh, yeah, okay. Um, which we have not planned yet. We don't have a place for it, but it's yeah. still there. Yeah, we will have a meetup on the twelfth of February. Um, write into us if you're going to join it. You know, the podcast at thankgodimatheist dot com, and just just keep us. Uh, you know, let us know if you're under twenty one. Because if we don't hear from anybody, then we'll definitely have it in a bar. Yeah. And if we do hear from somebody, then we'll consider not having we'll it in a bar. We'll figure out We won't guarantee it. Maybe we'll do it at a restaurant, get some appetizers. and Something like all, that. Uh, Something like that. Have some boozy if we want. Anyway, uh, keep that in your minds, all you Salt Lakers and and those around in adjoining areas. Yeah. Because we'd love to meet you. Yeah. Totally. Okie dokie. Wow, we did that fast. Good job. Yeah, that was wonderful. Boom. 
All right. Uh, donors, Dan. We do have some oh, donors. Before we do that, we had a voicemail. Oh, yeah. Let's, let's do the let's voicemail. Let's do our voicemail. Sure. I really like this voicemail. Um, this is uh, Sam, and he, uh, he asks us uh, an important question. Hi, Frank and Dan. This is Samuel calling all the way from Madison, Wisconsin, home of the Firth. Um, you, you mentioned a lot about uh, coming out as, both both as atheist and as as gay, and um, kind of the issues with uh, how how family reacts and ne- negative reactions and stuff. And I'm curious if there if there are any things that that your children would come out as or, or like announce to you that would just devastate you you know i think it's i think it's really easy to uh uh to to say you know that you'd be very accepting of everything but i'm wondering if like you know you walk in on your teenager at night and he's like kneeling by his bedside praying or something and that would just destroy you or or anything you know any, any maybe political beliefs or something that anyways just curious um love the podcast guys keep it up well, that's a, that's a good question. That's a very interesting. The, my first response is it, the main thing that would really mess with my mind is for me to find out that I actually have a kid. <laughs> Same here. Because I, I would be very confused at that point. <laughs> but let's just assume. You, you've at least had sex with women, though. That's so true. It that's is true. conceivable. It's possible. That, that there is a young <laughs> little Dan, Dan Jr. out there. Running around. That you don't know about. I guess so. Ooh. <laughs> that some some in, some in, stuff would have had to go what, ten horribly years, wrong. Ten years, you get a call. Yeah, exactly. Ooh. Ooh. Anywho, um, yeah, there would have had to have been like broken condoms and stuff. But okay, yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, let's. Uh, but let's have hypothetical children, you and I, Franklin. Okay. And decide I, what what would what would freak us out. Well, I I thought about it for a little while, uh-huh. and uh, you know, like the whole. You see the kid praying. I mean, it would be disappointing, but I don't know that it would freak me out. I would feel that I had done something wrong, right? <laughs> but um, but I, I think that, like, the the real thing that would, like, freak me out is if the kid, like, truly, truly, like, you know, did something grossly unethical or immoral. Yeah. You know? That would... And they come to me and they, they're like, I just, you know... Cut the head off a cat. Yeah, or, you know, maybe they're an adult and they admit to, you know, swindling a bunch of people out of money right. or something like that. Like, that would be, like, that would devastate me. Absolutely. That you would, that would actually, say that's I absolutely failed as a parent. Yeah. Abs- 100%. Yep. I, I agree with that. I you know, think that that's brilliant. Wh- whether or not I actually did, you know, obviously you blame yourself and I don't want to <laughs> say that parents who have, like, serial killers for kids created that serial killer. Right. Like, but, like, at the same time, you're going to feel... You're going to be devastated. You're going to feel bad. Something went wrong. The prayer thing, you know, if I saw, if I had a kid and I saw my kid actually kneeling down to pray, I think my impulse would probably be to pray with my kid, mm. just kneel down with them, and but just, just point out how goofy the whole thing is. I would be like, and please bless that we can have a monkey, and <laughs> please bless that we'll get a million dollars. I've always wanted an extra set of arms. Yes, please bless uh joe dan jr with a tail mm-hmm. uh because he really wants one of those in the name of whoever can do these magic tricks amen see what i would do if i see my kid like kneeling down praying uh-huh i'd sneak up behind him <laughs> and be like nicholas or whatever his name might be i hear your prayers <laughs> no because then they'll turn around what you need to do is sneak <laughs> 
You need to find out that they're praying. You need to sneak a walkie-talkie in somewhere. Uh, but then that sounds... You hear the little... Uh, <laughs> this is God speaking uh, over and out. <laughs> or just give him a God walkie-talkie. Just get this... Oh, don't pray. That's the old-fashioned way. Here's no. the new way to talk directly to God. He needs the iPrayer app is what he needs. So you can like... Uh, this is God. Send his uh, wishes to God on the app. <laughs> right, right, right. And uh, the... Anyways. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it wouldn't <laughs> devastate me if he was praying. I think I think you hit the nail on the head. If, yeah. If if they're being immoral people, that yeah. that would be pretty devastating. You 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 find out that they're that they're you know grossly flawed as human beings. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that, that that sucks. But they could be. You know. I don't care. I might. Like, I, might I think be I little... would be accepting of like a kid who kind of wanders a little bit. Sure. Who kind of you know takes a long time to figure things out. Tries some me a shit long time out. To figure things out. Absolutely. So, I I, w- I would hope that I'd be able to give advice and wisdom that could avoid <laughs> those, right. those the lost decade. Yeah. But um. But yeah. At the same time, I don't feel worse for wear. Right. Yeah. So. What if your kid came to you and said, "Dad, I'm converting to uh to Judaism, but not the religion. I'm converting to the culture." Cool. <laughs> <Just> yeah. <kidding. laughs> That's weird, but go for it. Yeah. Anyway, um, we did have some uh some donors. Donate, oh, excellent. Uh, which is uh, which is something that I encourage. Yeah, it's in all nice. of our listeners. It's always nice to um, hear. Stephen uh, is now a a monthly subscriber. Well, thank you, Stephen, which is great. And we've got Thomas who gave us a very generous one time donation. So uh-huh. thank you both of yeah. you guys. You rock. Thanks, guys. We do appreciate it. We really do. All right. Well, that leads us into our discussion, right? About yeah, sure. Atheists and spirituality. How did this come up, Dan? This week. Well, here's what we got. Uh, there was an announcement made, or well, I don't know when it was technically announced, but um, there was. But uh, Sam Harris is going to have a new book that comes out, I think, in November, Sem- September. That's a ways off. Yeah. Okay. But so he's still polishing it up right now. Probably sure. Probably yeah. Still cranking out a few chapters. Yeah. <laughs> no. Probably at this point, he's yeah. It's, it's just <laughs> editing at this point. One would hope. <laughs> Uh, and, you know, picking good cover art. Mm, yes. Anyway, Waking Up, colon, A Guide to Spirituality Without Religion will be the title of this book. And Consp- Okay, wait, wait, wait. A Guide to Spirituality Without Religion. That's the crux of the thing. No, now, how about Sam that? Harris? Yes, sir. This seems... This seems a little... Uh, uh-huh. It a does seem... Different. This seems to be a little bit of a departure. Is it? I don't know. I to be honest, I haven't. I've read. Um, what's the Sam Harris that I read? The um, Did you read uh, An End of Faith? That's the one I read. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. I read it too. It, it. He's a very logically minded fellow. Yes. He's a very. Uh, I mean, he's you know he's got a degree in philosophy and then an advanced degree in neuroscience. Right. But he's one of the four horsemen. Indeed. Right. He's, he's of the atheist apocalypse. He's sort of one of the luminary voices. Yeah. Yeah. In atheism right. today. Right. So it is interesting that he wants to embrace spirituality. Hmm. So what does that mean? Well, isn't what that is a spiritual- great Like, I mean, the book's not out, so we, we really... We don't know his definition. We don't know where he's going with it. And so let's just separate ourselves from the whole Sam Harris thing mm. and just say, and now start our, like... 
let's just use that as a good jumping off point. Like, what is spirituality, Dan? Like, well, what do you, you know, think of the of the word? I I kind of avoid it personally. Yeah, I mean, so you start with the concept of a spirit, don't you? I mean, with spirituality, or can it be boiled? Can it? Well, can, can you? Do you not have to boil it down that far? I spirituality to, to me feels woo woo. Indeed. It feels like it's this like mystical sort of almost um i mean obviously it's used in in religious in like traditional religious settings right to talk about you know one's to talk about one's spirituality and mormonism sure is to talk about one's connection with god well one of the dictionary right? definitions of the word spiritual is of or relating to religion or religious belief that's that's one of the definitions of it right so yeah you're going to get a lot of religion just tied into it no matter yeah. what and so, um, the other definition that I'm seeing is of relating to or affecting the human spirit or soul as opposed to material or physical things. Okay. Now, I don't, again, this is that soul word. Who, yeah, there. what the fuck does that mean? And what are we talking about? So I think the one could talk about awe. Yeah. Wonder. That's where my mind, if, if like, if I'm an atheist and I'm like, okay, how would I use the word spirituality or spiritual? If you were forced or, to. If I was absolutely 100% forced to and to figure out a way to use it. There is, you're right, there is this sense of awe. Mm -hmm. You know, we, uh, we were talking earlier and I mentioned sort of, you know, you, you stand on the edge of the Grand Canyon and you look down and you're like, holy crap. Right. right? And it, it's it's this awe of like the immensity of it and and uh, and staring off into the stars at night sure you know like any number of things th th there's so many ways to kind of tap into that sense of just awe mm -hmm. but don't we already have a word isn't it awe <laughs> isn't that a word that we can use but i mean this is sort of a more I, there's a, uh, to me when i think of spirituality i do think also of a of a you know, I think of a connectedness between humanity. Hmm. I think of, I think like that part of like, like humanism comes into it to some extent. Mm -hmm. I'm not a humanist, no, in the in the organized sort of sense of it, right? But I do believe that, like, I believe in pro sociality, and I believe in yeah. a lot. So I, those kind of things get wrapped up in the concept. You know, it was. There's a a piece in the religion news service in the RNS uh, by Chris Stedman. He's the faithiest, right? Uh, for those of you who might remember that, right. he's, he's I think the, he's uh, assistant he's, chaplain, right? At, at Yale, Harvard, at Harvard, at Harvard, As, and yeah, he's a humanist chaplain. Anyway, he he wrote a piece, and and he he brought up uh, the interview that Oprah, Oprah Winfrey did with Diana Nyad, who's the mm. one, the, the swimmer, right? Who's an atheist who went on the show with Oprah and said, "I'm an atheist, but I really." I experience this, you know, I stand hand in hand with my religious friends and experience this sense of awe and mm. wonder and, right. you know. The, Standing at the edge of the ocean and looking out. So right, sort of right. Thing, right. <clears throat> Indeed. To which Oprah's response was, well, then you're not an atheist. Right. Which and then everybody was like, to oh, hey, Oprah, guess what? <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Uh, but, and she sat there and like argued with her. About yeah. It. Like, yeah, it was, it uh, was not a good moment for oprah and but nyad was was actually just carried herself with such a plum and she was she was yeah. great and she uh, said she said uh quote i think you can be an atheist who doesn't believe in an overarching being who created all the all of this and sees over it 
But there's spirituality because we human beings and we animals and maybe we even we plants, mm. but certainly the ocean and the moon and stars, we all live with something that is cherished and we feel the treasure of it. Mm. Hmm. Yeah. That's interesting to me. Yeah. I mean, I think... I, I'm not sure where I go with this. I tend to be a little... Uh, a little... I really eschew the mm. woo-woo. Yeah. I really don't connect to it. Yeah. Because I like... I, I'm, I'm a person mm. who likes the world as it is. Mm -hmm. And who... I, when I feel a connection to other people, mm -hmm. I don't ascribe anything more to it than I feel a connection to yeah. other people. Yeah. And, I, and I'm fine with that being uh, part of a a, 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 an evolutionary mandate mm. because we are a social species. Yeah. I cold, don't need it to be cold. anything more than yeah, that. It's kind of cold existence. Yeah. Heartless. I am, I am, I am a soulless. In fact. I am a soulless evil being. <laughs> Yes, it's true. I, I'll tell you. I'll tell you something. I didn't think that I. I didn't know quite where I was going to go with this uh, conversation, but I, I. You know, I just had this week of television, <laughs> and um, and I, uh, I, I actually got around to watching Cave of Forgotten Dreams, the Werner Herzog. Yeah, film. yeah, yeah. And I was really disappointed because um, when I initially saw it on Netflix, it was on the three D queue. Oh, and I so and we got we have the the goggles for the 3D television and and so I was like I was like oh this is gonna be awesome I I my one I this is a real regret of not seeing it in the theater right film for me right like, I was really really bummed and I went to it and it was it was no longer in the 3D queue uh. and I was just like god damn it they took it off no they left it on in 2D they took off the 3D. What and like the, the anyways the cave of forgotten dreams it's uh it's about this cave in France that has uh cave art right. from thirty two thousand years ago right yeah like it's mind boggling it's how long, it survived how old the it is. floods it somehow all it of them the floods <laughs> um but um and it's beautiful right like it's it's this cave art is stunning in how um how um accurate and pictorial it and is. and apparently it, and it's, it was filmed Herzog shot it in 3D because in 3D. because they used the the topography of the cave yeah. of the wall the shape of the as part of the exactly. as, so as like, part of the drawing it it looked like to me because I did watch it in 3D so or in 2D right. so I couldn't really tell but it just from the sh the way the shadows were hitting things but there was also there was shading and shadow right. in the in the, these these depictions of these animals wow. and it was stunning but um, it looked like the um, a bump or sort of a little crease on in the rock was used to sort of highlight the cheekbones of of this horse. Oh wow! Like just just crazy stunning stuff. There was this crazy uh, stalactite that hanging down that had the only human representation on it, or partial human representation. It was kind of a minotaur, uh, huh. um, but it was a lower uh, female body. It was probably some kind of fertility figure or something but they use the stalactite to like do this almost human representation interesting and just fascinating stuff um the public just is i mean talk about not being allowed in like herzog was allowed in under the most strict right. conditions and you the got scientists who go into it x number of hours for like three days and yeah, that was it and that was it and they they went in figuring they were probably the only camera crew to ever be allowed in right 
for any foreseeable time. Well, anyway, what so what but this film the thing that is amazing about it is this this sense of like connection over a much longer span of time than I think we've ever been able to have mm. in on such a scale with human ancestors. I mean these 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 were morphologically modern human beings. Sure. Right. I mean this this human beings look like human beings at this point. Right. Now there were some Neanderthals roaming around about in Europe at this time as well, but blah, n- nonetheless. Um but like they they were expressing their something. They felt compelled to express art in what and and to express their their moment, their their situation on these walls, mm. and of course, it's a different understanding of like the the concept of art. I'm sure didn't even exist, right? Right. In the sense that it exists now, but somebody had the impulse to somebody paint some had stuff. An impulse to do something so so distinctly human, mm. right? To express themselves, whether it was a religious expression, it most likely probably was, whatever, right? Um, but it was stunning and it was beautiful. Mm. And, and, and the, actually what's amazing, this struck me in, in the film as well, that, that they, that there was, that there's always been this question about cave lions in Europe, about whether they had manes or not. Oh. And these pictures tell us because these were actual, these were human eyes. Right. Making representations that seem to be accurate about all the other animals. Sure. And here's a cave lion with no mane. <laughs> so they were actually... There's useful information. Well, I don't know how useful it is whether or not they had a mane. But like the, the information that actually meant something. An observation about their world that was communicated from 32,000 years ago. Yep. And, it, and I just sat there in absolute awe. Well, there you go. But I don't know that it was spiritual. Well, <laughs> all that leading up to, well, I mean, it's not like it was a spiritual experience. <laughs> well, you know, but what, well, here's an interesting thought. Those those people 30,000 years ago, 32,000 years ago, fine, did not have Jesus. They did not have Muhammad. Mm, they did not have most true. of this stuff. Like they did not have religion, anything that we would figure is religion. They probably yeah, had was, superstitions. And they was had probably very, very, very pagan. Who knows right. what the hell it was? It was well. I mean, there was like a there a, were a bear skull that up on sort of this altar, and of course oh, it's okay. us sort of projecting. Well, what would that have interpreting meant or be, whatever or thing. Did the, yeah. was it intentional? Like right. you know, but nonetheless, like there. The, but what I'm getting at is maybe these people had, if you and I were to ascribe some sense, some spiritual sensibility, mm-hmm. that could be what's what drove somebody 32,000 years ago to paint on a wall. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like just, just the need to express period doesn't make much sense in the large scheme of things. Well, that's something that was also like, that's interesting. There were Neanderthals roaming about in the same area. Mm. There's no evidence that they ever left a, a, a single artifact of like something that they created that was symbolic. Right. Right. And that that's that's the key here is that humans, we we are symbolic, we're symbol seeking creatures. We are indeed. We I mean we thrive on it and we thrive because of it, right? We we wouldn't have language if we didn't understand symbols. Indeed, right? yeah. 
And so, like, I mean, it's, it's a fascinating thing. Like, why we do things like art. Yeah. Uh, and why we do things like, in the modern context, a podcast. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, there's, yeah, yeah. it It makes, we are a different critter. Oh, yeah. Than anything else that's ever existed Something on this triggered in our heads at some point, and it was the great evolutionary advantage. Yeah. And, uh... And, and yeah, and whatever the so so I'm a huge believer in in like marveling at mm. all of this, yeah. all of this. And so so marveling at humans and humanity, marveling at space and you know this time and time. Marveling, time blows my mind. Marveling at all of the things. Yeah, I marveling at a flower. Marveling, you know, it's all there. I yeah. go. We have these amazing mountains that we can just drive to any any day of the week. And I do, yeah. Drive up into the mountain and just go for a walk, and then, you know, who? Kn- I don't know why driving into a mountain, you know, going for a walk in the mountains feels special, but it does. Well, you're not in the city. <laughs> well, <laughs> but the cities feel special to me too. Yeah, like driving over the sixth north overpass and looking at downtown Salt Lake City with our mountains as background yeah. backdrop. That's that lovely. is gorgeous too. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, so if that if if I were to uh, uh, apply the word spiritual to anything, that's the feeling that I apply it to. But I just don't know. The, but I will say this: I'm going to bring this in. Uh, uh, what's his name? David uh, Silverman. Stedman quotes Silverman. Okay. Uh, and Dave Silverman has a very good point, uh, and that point is uh, spirituality is one of those double-meaning words. This is a quote. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's no better than calling yourself religious because that's what religious people hear. Right. I choose to conv- convey the truth. I am compassionate. I am empathetic. I am good, but mm-hmm. I'm not spiritual in any way that, that a theist would interpret. Right. And I think and that's, what, that's one a, thing that we're getting it's to. It's a tricky, tricky word, and if we want to use it as atheists— it's going to take a lot of a bigger discussion right. about what the word is and how it's used, and it will involve a lot of pushback. Yeah, indeed. Like, do we really want to use that word? Especially, yeah. Any because word. I, here's one of these moments. <laughs> it's not all the time. doesn't happen all the, very regularly. But I'm kind of in the David Silverman camp on this one. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I really, mean, I, really I think Silver, Silverman nailed it. And yeah. so I, I think, I think here's, here's my guiding star. Taking Silverman into account, here's my guiding star. Okay. Any word that would trigger Oprah to discount my atheism, <laughs> I'm not going to use. So if I say spirituality, I think Oprah would go, oh, you're spiritual. That means that you're not an atheist. And then – or 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 any word that would trigger Oprah to feel like she gets to Well, then maybe this is a word in. that we use sort of in private amongst our other atheist <laughs> friends, right? Who all understand what we mean. Or maybe we can come up with better words. Maybe, maybe we can just abandon this word altogether. I don't need it. No. I just need I need a way of describing how I feel. Right. But awe, wonder, marvel. Well, like, I don't immediately also reject the idea of, like, soul. Right? I don't uh. think there's an eternal soul. I don't think there's a soul that goes on after I die. Right. But I think that there is something in the human spirit... Right, mm. that is unique, that is interesting, that is creative, yeah. that is yeah. um, it, uh, un- it, so imaginative. Yeah, it's un- like it blows my mind what people can come up with. 
you know yeah. what about like just just watch a ted talk people like come sure. on like people are doing like <laughs> crazy crazy things that just that are so cool so incredibly cool we live in an amazing time and 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 to be able to appreciate that but notice like i mean ted talks for the most part are sciencey and educationy mm. and blah 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 i mean that's all i want yeah. i just want my mind blown yeah you know maybe mind bloweningality yeah, we got. I mean, what we've got is a mind. Yeah, I don't need a soul. I've got a mind. Yeah, but that, that can be blown. Yeah, and that can sit in wonder and awe. Yeah, but that's, there's that's but, what I've but got. I don't feel my emotions up in my head. I feel them down here, and oh. that's why there's always people talk about the heart and you know, like call it your chest mind. <laughs> you've got you've got your brain mind and your chest mind. But I mean that there is a separation. Sure. I think you know, like yep. emotions affect my whole body. <laughs> it's not just something that goes on up in my head. And so I, I get the this 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 need um, historically to separate the two out. I sure. mean, it's clearly the mind affecting the body, but it doesn't feel like it's the body. It feels like it's something deeper. And and, and why not use that? As as long as we're clear that you know we're speaking semi metaphorically or or symbolically. Then sure, talk about your heart, talk about your soul, talk about the fire in your belly. Right. But I again, don't I don't actually think that there's fire in your belly, but but talk in those terms. That's it's fine. It's a symbol. As long as we're clear about that, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Clarity's the important Nobody part. Nobody thinks there's fire in your belly. But they do think there's a soul, and that's the problem. And they do think that there's a spirit. And so it's about clarity. That's all. That's all we're getting at. Yeah. Just, I mean, I agree. And these are things that clearly work when you're speaking to an atheist audience who understands what right. how you're using the words. Right. But yep. if but if you're speaking to another, like appropriating their words, <laughs> meaning the religious world's words, right. may not be the best course for us. Yeah. Yeah. We'll come up with something better. I don't know what it is. We've talked about this before. Yeah, well. We've had this conversation. Not this exact conversation, but we've been on this topic before. I know. Well, you know what? I invite our listeners to to join this conversation if you want to. If they you, want to. Go ahead and write into it. <laughs> if you have anything that, that, that would be nice to add, uh, you can write to us at podcast at thankgodimatheist.com. Or uh, you could leave us a voicemail at 424-666-8442. Right. Or if your spirit tells you to do this, you could go to the Facebook page and like us there. That's facebook.com slash TGI Atheist. That is correct. All right. Um, oh, my, I might as well just mention this. There are a couple products. There are some TGIA products now up on Zazzle.com slash TGI Atheist. Yeah. yeah. Um, if you're interested in a hoodie or a mug. Yeah. I know not all of you are on the Facebook page, so you might not even know about it. Z-A-Z-Z-L-E dot com. Our friend Lee from, uh, from, from Australia bought a mug. She's, yeah. She's got a, she, she has, she sent us a nice picture of it. Yeah. It's fun. You it's know. It's just like, good stuff. So, um, so those are out there and we're going to be adding more merch as we go on. So I just wanted to. And, and it, now if you want the official TGIA t-shirt, you can still go on to thankgodimatheist.com and uh, there's a little link for the shirt there. Right. Yeah. Uh, thanks to the Red Rock Hot Club for letting us use uh, one of their tracks. And thanks to Mackenzie for being in charge of our social media. Yeah, we sure do appreciate it. Uh, well, thank you to everyone for listening and have a good week. Bye bye. <laughs> <laughs>